we are carrying on our um uh our look into ephesians we're going through the book of ephesians we've called it our series dunamis the, the greek word for power and today we're in uh, ephesians 5 from verse 21 to 33 which i will read in a minute if you're a visitor my name's simon i'm one of the leaders here and uh, it's really great to have you with us um, today's passage, we, it, the, the focus is on husbands and wives. And, uh, you know, I, I'm aware that not everyone here is married. Some people will have known the, the pain of divorce. Some, some of you are single and happy. Some of you are single but would really like to be married. Some of you are married. But sometimes you'd prefer, you'd hope that you weren't. Um, sometimes uh, some of you are young people who are working out what you think about relationships and marriage. And uh, today's passage kind of has some of those um, words and phrases that can kind of trigger responses in us and kind of trigger initial kind of feelings. And we, we kind of re- react to them sometimes positively, sometimes in negative ways, depending on our experience. But I, I want to say, whoever you are this morning... However you're coming to this passage, uh, whatever your relationship status at the moment, you know, I believe God, like, like Gavin said this morning, I believe God wants to speak to us and just ask God for a moment. God, would you speak to me in this passage? I want to hear your voice. Because we believe God's word is powerful, don't we? And I believe he wants to speak to us through this passage this morning, all of us. So let's read it together. The words will be on the screen if you haven't got a Bible in front of you. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Wow. So this is not a usual talk on marriage. I just don't have the time. I don't, we don't have the time on, on, we're on Zoom as well. And it's a, bit, a little bit tricky. It's not a usual talk um, that we might have on marriage. Um, and you know how we've been looking, haven't we? As we've been going through Ephesians, we've been looking at how this message of Jesus, this message of all that he has done, all that, all that he's doing in our lives, all that he will do in the future. We're starting to see, aren't we, that it's meant to affect our whole life. We saw that, didn't we, as I think Raj 
explained chapter four kind of is this hinge where we've been learning all these amazing things and now we're seeing actually no this is to this is to influence our whole lives and so what I want to show today is this that in binding husband and wife in the closest possible relationship for a lifetime marriage marriage has a particular and it's quite a unique role in displaying and reflecting that message it's not a better or a more worthy role than singleness but it but it does have a different emphasis so all of us all of us whatever our relationship status all of us our lives are meant to reflect um, this good news of Jesus, this message of Jesus. All of us are meant to point in that same direction. We're to point to Jesus. That's why this is primarily not a talk on marriage. Actually, this is a talk on Jesus. But I think it's helpful to see the 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 kind of Greek and Roman culture that Paul was speaking into at the time. Paul, and these are the these are this is the culture that Paul is writing into and speaking into and that was the predominant culture in Ephesus marriage was not seen as an exclusive uh, loving relationship men were permitted in fact encouraged to find uh, um, sexual satisfaction and be promiscuous and be unfaithful outside of their marriage Uh, wives were were seen to to bear children and keep the house uh, they were treated as possessions more than, than equals. Uh, and in fact, they were encouraged to be promiscuous outside of the marriage relationship. And there was this kind of growing movement starting to, 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 to start where women were, were, were refusing to have children because actually the way it affects their bodies or that they were actually um, starting to kind of take on um, roles that were traditionally seen as masculine roles and they were trying to they were pushing out to those areas sometimes in good ways um but also uh, they were often the ones that were started to initiate divorce where it was it had always been men in the past and so this section that we get with Paul it's kind of like a household code you know he's going to talk about husbands and wives children and parents uh, slaves and masters and in that culture it wasn't it wasn't uncommon to kind of for a teacher uh, or a philosopher to set out their what they thought about a household code but Paul's household code, Paul's household code is very different. Actually, it's very radical. Uh, and the, the um, American church leader, Tim Keller, says this on why it's so radical. He says that he says part of the offense and the attractiveness of the gospel um, in the early days of the church was its teaching on relationships and on marriage. You know, in that culture, in that Greek Roman culture, a man particularly could sleep with you know whoever he wanted to um you know women were just possessions his wife was a possession and then along comes christianity with its spreading through the culture which kind of has its message that says no no marriage is about love marriage is about um equality marriage is marriage is about sexual faithfulness and actually even more radical is the reason the reason for marriage it's this. It's that the marriage is a gospel reenactment. What do I mean by that? Marriage is acting out the gospel. You see, that's true. That's that's actually true whether you're whether you're here and you wouldn't consider yourself a Christian. It's true whether you're here, you're married to someone who wouldn't consider themselves a Christian. Marriage is a gospel reenactment. And so I've got three things this morning in our time together. I've got we're going to look at spiritual submission 
going to look at sacrificial love and we're going to look at symbolic mystery. So we start the passage with this instruction to submit to one another. And you know what? If we don't start here, we miss a crucial part of the passage. See, submitting is misunderstood in our day. It's seen as weakness, isn't it? It's seen as, as negative. But actually, Philippians 2 tells us that you know, Jesus, the Son, submitted to God the Father. Not in a forced way, not in a, a lesser role way, but actually for the sake of their rescue plan for the world. You know, it's similar in marriage. It's, marriage is teamwork. Marriage is not forced. Marriage is not unequal. Marriage is not demeaning. Marriage is mutual submission. So what does that look like as husband and wives mutually submit to one another in their different marriage roles? Well, well, to be honest, the practical details of how that is worked out are, are fairly scarce, as we've seen. You know, do, do husbands make all the decisions as the head? Um, do, they, do they make them together? Uh, unless it's a really major one, in which case the husband makes the decision. What about money? What about children? What about what TV channels you watch on an evening? You know, I tell you what, if there was like just a, a manual, a rule book that kind of has spelt all this out, it would have saved Jodie and I a load of headaches in our early marriage. I tell you that. But there isn't. There isn't. And, 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 I, and I think the reason is this. And, and Bible scholars, more importantly, Bible scholars, uh, people who have studied this type of stuff, uh, more cleverer than me, think this as well. That, that the previous passage, the passage that Gavin spoke on last week, is really important when we're looking at this. Um, because it says this, verse 18, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. See, the practical details of, of how it's all worked out, how these husband and roles work out practically... They're, they're scarce because actually it's meant to be about two people filled with God, the Holy Spirit, looking to outdo one another in love. It's about spirit filled submission to the other. You know, I tell you what, that's something that's and helpful for us all, isn't it? Whatever our relationship status, living wisely, like Gavin said, is about being spirit filled people. And it's about how we in the power of the Spirit, love those around us. See, submission is very different when you look at it in that light. In fact, it's very radical when you look at it in that light. I'd go as far as to say it's actually quite beautiful when you look at it in that light. See, that's how we live the Christian life. Are you being filled with the Holy Spirit? God wants to fill you today. We may be on Zoom. We may be on Zoom for a while. God may be not for much longer. God wants to fill you and I today with his Holy Spirit. He wants to come to you and I. Okay, secondly, sacrificial love. It's interesting that two thirds of this passage are actually written to the man, the husband. It's, it's almost as if Paul says, you know, I know the culture that is powerfully influencing you in terms of how you think about marriage. But listen, Marriage is not about what you can get. Marriage is about how you serve and how you love. And uh, he says, no, no, you're, he tells them you're to love like Christ loves the church. You and I, how Christ loved you and I. How did he love us? He gave his life for us. 
He cleansed from us and dealt with the penalty of that sin and the power that it had over us. He continues to work in us and he's preparing us as if we were a bride for our big day. See, that is sacrificial, committed love. Let, let me just make a digression for a minute. Um, see, love like that, love, love like that brings dignity, doesn't it? It brings purpose. It says, look, be the radiant church. That was the word that was used, wasn't it? A radiant church. Be the radiant, glorious church that I have called you to be. Look, when we live for Jesus, when we serve the poor, when we celebrate our ethnic differences, you know, that really resonated with me, what Paul brought. When we celebrate our ethnic differences, but one in Christ, when we tell others of the good news of Jesus, we are being that radiant church that Jesus is making us. See, sacrificial love, it serves. It it serves so that the other can flourish in their calling. See, think about this. Think about what Jesus did on the night before his crucifixion. He didn't sit with his disciples and just think, right, okay, just do stuff for me because, you know, I've got a heavy few days coming up. What did he do? No, he says this. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. What did he do? He served them. He served them and he washed their feet. And he said, right now, you do the same. You do the same. Sacrificial love. Other to flourish, to be all that they got. I confess to not watching. In fact, but I've I've got a new idea. TV program, sacrificial Love Island. You know, people just kind of try to act one another with sacrificial acts of love. I'm not sure it'd get the same ratings, but I'm sure it'd be better than the dross that is we find in Love Island. I apologise to Love Island fans. Back to marriage. Back to marriage. Let's get back to marriage. Listen, marriage is not about having your needs met. Marriage is about... You won't won't be able to do it. Marriage is about... um, uh, Marriage is about um, serving the other. Uh, And so, you know, if we look for marriage to have our needs met, we'll find ourselves going short. Because marriage is about the bread of, uh, sorry, we find our needs met in the bread of life, as Sharon said to us this morning. We find that's where we find, that's where we find the satisfaction. It's in him as the bread of life. Um, and uh, marriage is about sacrificial love. Okay, finally, the, 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 we're told the point of marriage. We are, we are meant to be symbolic. Marriage is symbolic. And Paul quotes from Genesis. And uh, he says, he quotes from that first marriage that we see in Scripture uh, from Adam and Eve. He says this, For this reason, a man and a woman will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. He says, this is a profound mystery. It's not him saying, who knows what that means? That's not what mystery means. No, no, what does it mean? We know it means Uh, him saying this is something that has been hidden but in the light of Christ we see and and recognize and realize its fulfillment and all it means he's saying here look this is the real 
reason for marriage. It's about Jesus and his people. It's about you and I. It's a shadow of a greater reality. It tells us, marriage tells us about a covenant-keeping God. It tells us of a God of sacrificial love. It tells us of the one who came and died on a cross for you and I so that we might know life in all its fullness. It, it, it tells us of um, the fact that Jesus will one day return for his bride. And that's where all world history is heading, where one day God, who will put all things right, will have a marriage celebration and it will be infinitely greater than any other marriage celebration you have ever seen. That's how the Bible picks the end, pictures the end. You and I, the bride, presented spotless, pure, blameless, radiant. Listen, this is what uh, Andrew Wilson says on this, uh, the Bible teacher. Jesus is coming back for a wedding. It'll be a wedding that makes ours look half-baked in comparison, where the feast will never end, it will never stop, the wine will never run out, and the dancing will never end. You and I, if we're part of the church of God, will be there, not as a guest or even as an usher, but as the bride herself. The one who cuts the cake appears in all the photos. So invite all your friends. The wedding is coming soon. What amazing words that is. Let me pray for us as we end. Let's come before God. I believe God wants to continue to speak to us, to fill us with his spirit as we end. I believe, I believe this morning he wants us all to know that passionate, sacrificial love in a fresh way. That love for us, that covenant-keeping love. Thank you, Jesus. I pray, help us to know that afresh today, all of us. That that is how you love us. And that is how much you are for us. And thank you, that helps us to flourish, to be the people you've called us to be. I want to pray that you would help us to invite more people in to know that love. Help us to um, uh, passionately speak about that love. So that others might be invited in to know it and celebrate it and know you. And we, I also pray, Lord, for marriages here in Jubilee. I also want to pray. I pray, Lord, Lord, some have actually you know, flourished in lockdown. Some have found it a refreshing time in terms of being around a bit more and being able to spend time together. Others have, I'm sure, found that difficult. And others have known the difficulty and challenge of, of marriage in lockdown. And I pray that you would come by your spirit to each husband and each wife and help them to sacrificially love the other, help them to live out that calling to enact the gospel in their marriage. Uh, and I do want to pray for us as a family together, as the family of God together, Lord, whatever our relationship status, whoever we are, whatever our ethnic background, whatever our age or stage of life, God, help us to be the family of God together as we declare your good news and as we speak of the one who sacrificially loves all and who is coming back for his bride. Help us to declare and be a radiant church in this place that you've put us. Amen.